Hi guys, uh, welcome back to Mr. Ganges Pleasures. Oh, you have no idea the glee, the smile that was on my face about 10 hours ago. Like, that that moment when Rishabhan hit that boundary or ran the double, I don't really care. Um, yeah, that was something else. That was absolutely something else. Today has been something else and this test series has been something else. It's, I mean, I mean, I will give my review and all those type of things. But I felt like this video required me to do something that perhaps I haven't done before, especially talking of cricket. And in, in the typical style of Mr. Harsha Bogle, I would like to let my mind travel back to it was i think i mean i'm not too sure i think it was 2003-2004 series where uh it was the rahul Dravid punch of the back foot in the 233 game i mean in the game that he scored 233 in the second innings he finished off the chase um that's the earliest memory of cricket i have i mean at the time, I think I was close to five and uh, like, I wasn't really interested in cricket. I mean, I do remember it used to be on the television, either my grandfather or my father or somebody would be watching it. And I wouldn't really be bothered with it. Like I would, to an extent, I would admit that I would be bored by the game. But then at the time, I didn't know really a lot of things. Um, but that one shot, that winning shot, is something that is etched in my memory. And over the years, I've watched that video clip, the whole highlights of the game. I don't really, I don't particularly remember the game because, as I said, the only memory of the game or of the day I have is that one particular shot of Rahul Dravid. And that was probably the first time I actually watched the game. And yeah. Uh, to be fair, the next memory that I probably have is um, is the Mahendra Singh Dhoni 183 not out. Uh, the funny thing is, I mean, I'm not really sure if he scored the 148 first against Pakistan or was it the 183 that he scored first. What I don't know is that, I mean, as you said, at this time, even though I watched this game, when I say I watched the game, I mean I watched parts of this game and especially the winning runs, I wasn't a regular watcher of television or cricket or anything of the sorts. And it was, I think, one of those weekends, this game, I'm pretty sure because I was in the house. Uh, I remember, I don't really remember watching the Sri Lankan innings. I do remember that. I mean, I do know that Kumar Sangakara actually scored a century, if I'm not mistaken, and they gave a target of over 290. But I don't really remember anything by watching the game. I just remember it by watching the highlights that I've done over the years. Uh, but what I do remember is, I think it was Tendulkar who got out in the first over or in the second over or something like that to the slips. And Dhoni came in. I do remember that there were a couple of surprises in my house. But then nobody was really that into the game. I mean, my grandfather was, but then he didn't really comment on things like this way too often. And at the time, I was actually, 
i remember my mother was standing beside me and uh, i was trying to pronounce his name and in the old times i mean actually they even do it now but i don't think they do it that often with like ms dhoni or something where they just write ms dhoni they don't write mahendra singh dhoni or they do or they name adin what was that they might actually do that but i haven't actually noticed it right now but then at the time they used to do that and i was struggling to pronounce his name i mean it's it's a play of syllables obviously but then i was struggling to pronounce his name but then i did end up doing it and i was just surprised uh, i remember i watched like the first few overs of his batting and then for some reason i slept off that's why i remember that it was not a week day because i would have been in school or maybe i was in school and i came back i'm not really sure um and then i woke up when i woke up india was about 280 270 or so and then this guy was still batting and this guy had scored about 150 160 at the time i was like wow i mean even at the time i was like this guy has scored half the runs or more and he's still batting and i mean for the for the mind that i had at the time for a 7 year old possibly i'm not too sure when this game happened i know this happened before the world cup but i'm not sure exactly when it happened so for a 7 year old 6 year old person even for that mind i was like this guy was batting before i slept this guy is still batting after i woke up what the hell is going on that is sort of impact uh that particular innings had on me and there were a couple of instances like this is obviously the 2007 horror show that i was i mean that i witnessed obviously and at this time i was slightly more into the game and uh you know the, the bangladesh result wasn't necessarily something that i saw coming at the time and there were expectations of from people like dhoni obviously obviously there were the bigger pay people but then i wasn't really that logical or thinking of the game as i am now um slightly forward few months later to the 2017-20 world cup that's probably the first proper memory that i have of watching the tournament and i do remember a lot of the games though the unfortunate thing was that for most of the games i actually slept early because i had school the next day and you know I mean it's not like I'm right now where I'm 21 22 I am I mean I can essentially do anything I want it's my decision it's my time management and things like that but at the time it wasn't and I mean to be fair it happened in South Africa so I don't think the games ended uh, well the games ended before 12 I think they extended well up to 2 a.m. or something I'm not really sure of this but that's the that's essentially what I remember from the time but what i do remember is the day games the games the india australia one that i watched throughout i remember the finals i remember the day after i mean the morning when i woke up and found out that the india pakistan game was a bowl out the bowl out i had never i had never watched before and that was something new that is something that i still remember i was like the game tied the whole drama the way my dad described the game to me uh and stuff like that so 2017-20 world cup was my first memory but the reason i say all these things is actually leading up to the 2008 test series 
between India and Australia that well in the historic test series for probably all the wrong reasons apart from that one Indian win and I remember because the SCG test I don't really remember anything from the game to be honest apart from that last day because that last day I actually woke up probably for the first time in my life for that final day's play and I woke up in the morning I don't know if they were 5.30 or something not really sure when the game started probably would have had 5.30 in the morning and I watched it throughout and there were decisions that were made that were just baffling and, I mean I, uh, everybody knows what I'm exactly talking about here uh, and that day it was just there was this complete hatred that I had never really felt in my life for anything but I did feel that hatred that day and it was something that I still cannot I mean I have obviously felt hatred of that sort many more times after that but then that was probably the first time I did and that was the part that is leading up to the Perth test uh, in the Perth test I remember talking to my brother and we were I think walking from school or probably to school or something uh, we were talking just before the game I think team selections or maybe it was the first day or something like that uh, we were talking he was actually telling me he's older than me by three years he was actually telling me about how quick the Perth surface is Waka it's done as Western Australia Cricket Association that pitch is so fast bouncy four pacers whatever he was telling, telling me about at the time and he was telling me how difficult it was going to be for India to even survive in the test match and then I saw the Indian team actually win that test match uh, so and at the time we won I'm not sure if it was a weekend the winning day but for some reason I do have a good recollection of certain events of the day so I think it may have been a weekend so yeah um, absolutely fantastic test match and that's one of the memories that I do have even though we went on to lose the series I think it was 2-1 or 3-1 doesn't really matter but yeah that's one of my good memories that I have like good recollection of memories that I have for an India Australia game the thing that uh, is about us Indian fans who have I mean I have just watched this matches for the past decade probably and maybe a couple of years before that uh, there are a lot of people who have watched test matches for 30 years, 20 years, stuff like that. They have watched through the golden era of Sevag, Dravid, Tendulkar, Lakshman, Ganguly, Kumble, Zaheer Khan, Harbhajan Singh, a team consisting of all these players, along with people like Espan Pathan. There were like openers at the time. There was Wasim Jafar for some time. There was Dinesh Karthik. There was I mean, I wouldn't want to name Akash Chopra, but then he was around for a year or so. And then even Dhoni was part of this whole mix at some point of time. For all these people, they have a certain baggage. And this baggage is the loss that India has in the away doors, in test matches especially. Yes, there have been moments where we have created history, like the Perth Test. There is obviously the England tour in 2007. Uh, and way before that, obviously, we have won test matches. It's not like this is the first victory that we have had. But 
there was always an Indian collapse. There was always the Indian disappointment. There was always a sense of, yeah, we won this chess match, but then we are probably going to lose the series, something like that. Or there were probably other influencing factors that made the test match with three for India, which probably wouldn't have happened in a normal scenario. Some something like that. So when you have all this baggage of all the losses, I mean, forget all those decades of historic test matches that India have been part of. Let's just think of this decade. When I say this decade, I mean 2010 onwards. Especially after the World Cup win, we lost four nil to Australia, four nil to England. We lost a couple of test series to South Africa. I remember. We have lost test series to New Zealand. We have again. We then went on to lose to Australia. I think four nil or three nil or something. We lost to England in the 2014 Lords series where we won the Lords test match. I remember us losing the test series. I think three one or maybe two one. Uh, we lost the home series to England to one. We have lost. another like i mean with the virat kohli thing we have already lost to england south africa new zealand stuff like that so there, there are all these test losses away from home against the sena countries such as south africa england new zealand australia and there may have been brilliant moments like the lords test match in 2014 i remember another test match against south africa that we almost won or something like that so there was i think south africa were Surviving in the last day, I remember that test match. And there have been test matches like this, right? But there have been so many horrid moments, and there was all this baggage that essentially told me before the start of the series, before the start of the second test, before the start of the third test, before the start of the fourth test, before the day five of the fourth test, that India probably going to lose this two one. India probably going to lose the series three one. Before the start of today's play, I was like, "Rain gods, please help us for the draw." Somebody, anybody, Pujara, Rohit Sharma, somebody, just battle it out, play all the deliveries that you can, draw the game, do something, do anything. This World Test Championship that is coming up, do something, do anything that you can, draw the game, and it's. it just shows the change in mentality from that generation of players to this generation of players i mean to even attempt to chase the target and i mean the fact that they did successfully is obviously the reason that we are all talking about this but then i remember the first test match that virat kohli captained uh this was before dhoni's retirement it was actually in the same series in australia the first test match that virat kohli captained i remember we had a target of about 360 370 in the last day and murli vijay got out for 99 virat kohli scored about 140 150 and till the time vijay was in the crease we were actually going to win the test match it almost looked like i mean it wasn't like we were going to win the test match like we needed needed 50 runs or something but we needed runs that should have been scored and on a day like a normal day we would have probably scored those runs but then we unfortunately fell short but that was sort of the change in mentality the first time that we saw from this indian side and today has probably finished off this whole circle of test match cricket that the indian team has been playing under virat kohli and i mean this is not to say that other teams weren't as good or this is tend to say that 
this team is the greatest or something like that it's just a it's probably just an indication of what change in mentality can do then more than much more than what an increase in talent or a decrease in talent can affect and it, it's just brilliant and as i said i mean there are videos to show proof of this the fact that i have said literally that i expect india to lose to one and on any other given day india would have probably lost a series to one maybe not today they would have probably lost it in sydney or was it sydney yeah it was sydney in sydney where ashwin and hari battled it out on any other given day once one of those shots could have been miscued slightly could have been caught there could have been a collapse and there would have been probably talks of how valiant this effort was or, or how incredible the performances of all these debut people and an inexperienced an indian side was but at the end of the day it would have probably been a loss and it's actually an uh, it's brilliant i mean uh, right now i'm having so much trouble with the words for some reason but yeah it's just brilliant and the there are so many things to talk about i mean let's just get back from this whole story way of presenting to an actual fact and how i usually present my videos uh before the start of the series i obviously made the video i said that india is probably going to lose the series to one but then they have played really well this game was not perfect because the first innings Marnus Lavushin really played well. Steven Smith played well. Well, I mean, he did get out pretty early to be fair. But then who was the guy who played well? It was Cameron Green who played well. It was Matthew Wade who got some runs. Australia had about 3 I mean, on the first day they had about 270 to 80. But then they did have about 370 runs in the first innings. and when i saw the second in uh, the first innings of india and i saw that 186 for six i was like here we go again and i was like you know what it's fine they're probably going to have a lead of about 100 and 130 again and we're probably going to have to battle it out and by the time there had already been rain on the second day so i was like you know what this game is probably going to get rained out like the last year Last year I don't think it was raining here I think it was raining in Sydney but then like last year it's probably going to rain out and they're probably going to survive this in come Washington Sundar and Shardul Thakur I mean I've seen them both bat all right in IPL I've seen Shardul Thakur win a game or two for CSK I've seen him hit boundaries here and there for CSK I've seen Washington Sundar score about 20s 30s a couple of 60 here and there And then there was always the reputation that Washington Sundar had that he was sort of an all-rounder. I mean, when I, I was about to say from his early days, but he's still early, he's like 21 or 22. So that's the reputation that Washington Sundar had, and the slight reputation with the bat, the Shardul Thakur. But to actually score in mid 60s, both of them, and to create a partnership. It wasn't like Shardul Thakur was batting with an Ajinkya Rahane and Rahane probably peppered him peppered him through the difficulties and then Thakur scored some boundaries here and there to get that 
this was an innings constructed together by these two people who had probably never batted together ever in their life who had probably never been in such a situation they were obviously never been in the situation because it was a debut game for him and a debut game it wasn't a debut for Shardul Tagore but I think he got injured in his debut game so it was that type of an innings that type of an uh, a situation that they were presented with and this is just those two right the talk before the game was obviously about 13 versus 1013 it was the sort of thing that was going around twitter and stuff like that where the collective number of wickets that the indian team had was 13 and i happened to found uh, i happened to find out that rohit sharma had two of them so it was essentially 11 so tina trajan rajul thakur mohammed siraj to think that mohammed siraj was the lead of this attack and i mean even ashwin wasn't there in the team right so it wasn't like, you know what, just Bumra is gone, at least Ashwin is there. No, Ashwin is not there. So amidst all these things, to win the test match, it was just brilliant to watch. Um, probably, definitely the best test series that I've watched in my life. Possibly the, the best test match, I'm not too sure. But considering the circumstances, I think probably the best test match that I have watched. But yeah, I wouldn't want to just give these words out randomly. The fact of the matter is that at the start of the series, we did not have Ishan Sharma and Bhuvneshwar Kumar. I don't think we had Ravindra Jadeja for the first game, but we can uh, argue that. Um, we did not have Mohammad Shami from the second game onwards added to the list. We then also did not have Virat Kohli added to the list. We did not have Rohit Sharma for the first two games. We then did not have Umesh Yadav from the middle of a game. We basically did not have our number one, sorry, number two, number three, number four fast bowlers in the lineup. And it was Bumra who wasn't there for the fourth game. So, and even in the batting, to be fair, the batting wasn't that big of a problem, even though Virat Kohli was gone. It was a big problem when Virat Kohli was gone, after the 36 all out. But then we had resources to fill in to the gap. It wasn't like we had nobody in the, in the squad. I mean, people like K.L. Rahul, who was available till the third test, did not get a game in. Uh, and there were a lot of people who were actually asking him for him to be played. And that just shows the strength in this Indian lineup, and that's just brilliant. I mean, the words like great resilience and bravery and stuff like that have been used. Uh, I'm not going to use them because it's kind of obvious that there was all of that. But this whole memory and yeah, it was in the Australia. This was against Australia. This wasn't against a random. You know, West Indies or Sri Lanka or Pakistan. I mean, India don't play Pakistan in test matches. So then, it wasn't a team like that which could be beaten. It was against the best. Well, I don't think it's the best bowling lineup. I think it's probably the second best bowling lineup in the world, and in their home conditions. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, what else to say? Like, 
I mean, on one hand, we had the innings of Shubman Gill, which was just laden with beautiful strokes. There was the innings of Rishabh Pant, which had a certain aggressiveness to it. I mean, the Gill ones were more. I mean, he was an aggressive opener. Obviously, he was. But then his runs were more textbook shots. Your Rishabh's uh, runs were more Rishabh Pant's shots. And there was this Cheteshwar Pujara who batted for 200 and something balls for 50 odd runs, which was possibly one of the most important innings of the day. Like I don't understand the Cheteshwar Pujara criticism. I mean, I'm sorry, I do understand the criticism that Pujara receives. I don't see the reason why there is so much criticism. Uh, the one thing that I would say about it is that. The difference between Pujara of 2018-19 and the this season is that this time around he hasn't actually been able to convert those 150 ball 60 or 150 ball 40s to a 250 ball 100, 250 ball 120. That's what he normally does. He has this very slow start, and then he picks up his next hundred runs. Let's say he gets the first hundred with a strike rate of 35. He'll get the next hundred with a strike rate of sixty-five, which will potentially put his overall strike rate to about fifty-fifty-two. So that's what Pujara did last season. This time around, he has been getting much better deliveries. He has been getting out to peach of a delivery, and people could argue that once you are in that type of a defensive mode, there's always going to be that one delivery that's going to get you out because that's coming. There is no. I mean, when you're going to face the best attack in the world, as the as a lot of people proclaim it, pro, proclaim it to be, then you're definitely going to get deliveries that are going to get you out, especially in a condition that's going to allow them to have that. So, the one thing that I will say about it is that hundred ball, hundred he scored eleven runs of his first hundred balls or something like that. Wouldn't there have been maybe five to ten balls here and there where he would have probably scored a single? And that's the one thing that does come to my mind. Like, it's maybe he could look into rotating the strike slightly more. I'm not saying go score boundaries, right? I'm not even saying to have a strike rate of forty fifty. All I'm saying is don't have so many. You essentially putting pressure on yourself. Maybe not on yourself. Maybe Pujara doesn't feel the pressure when he is batting on ten runs from hundred balls. Maybe even the non-striker isn't feeling the pressure because this is a team. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do, and everybody knows that Pujara is going to do this. So there is no reason for you to be surprised by the fact that he is doing this, or shocked, or get pressured by him doing that. But What it does do is, as essentially this is a 450 over game, and as a team or as fans of a team, you would want your team to win or at least try to win. What this does is, when Pujara has 11 runs of 100 balls, and let's say he gets a piece of a delivery, he gets out. He has blunted the attack by playing for 17 overs. 
but then he has scored only 11 runs so at the end of the day to win a test match yes you have to get 20 wickets to win a test match you can't win a test match by getting by not getting 20 wickets unless the opposition happens to be the sort of team that declares and make a wrong decision by declaring so that doesn't happen often so when you have to take 20 wickets you also have to score more than your opposition i mean that's a certain fact i mean you can't win a test match by not scoring more than your opposition there is no duckworth lewis in test matches yeah there is definitely not any duckworth lewis or anything of the sort you have to score at least one run more than your opposition to win a test match and when pujara scores 11 runs of 17 overs the problem isn't that he has scored 11 runs of 17 overs the problem that some people have is that he gets out immediately after having this type of an innings and not having that small push that he did in the last year and as i said it's not something that's worth criticizing him so much over it's almost as if everybody has been criticizing him and i didn't have a problem with it simply because i wasn't looking forward to india winning the test series i was looking forward to india surviving the test series and from that point of view i was like mate 50 overs 50 runs go for it i couldn't care less but when you going to have the winning mentality it's important that you don't put yourself in the situation that he sometimes puts himself in and to be fair right i mean this is the probably the first time it has happened that this type of thing has created a problem because this time around in this series he has had his three slowest 50s his whole career a guy who has scored more than 6000 runs his whole career three slowest 50s have been in the same series in probably three consecutive test matches that's not something that happens often and this will be the first time that has happened with pujara so i'm pretty sure that it was just probably a case of where he was like you know what there is no virat kohli in this side so it has to be between me and rahane to carry this whole batting lineup which was to be honest true for most occasions yes the other people scored runs faster they enabled us to win the game but the backbone were these two and maybe that was probably one of the reasons he was like you know what you're not getting me out you can bowl the peach of a delivery whenever you want and if that peach of a delivery happens to take my wicket it happens to take my wicket i'm not giving you my wicket so maybe that type of mentality to the most extreme extent was maybe employed by pujara and that's not something that i'm going to criticize him for most definitely not because that's logical thinking and that's the correct thinking in my opinion so yeah so that's the pujara saga to be fair um i mean i, ha- I haven't talked to people like mohammed sayar and how his five wickets as uh, that he lost his parent and still played and stuff like that is just is just brilliant um yeah people like ravishan ravishandra ashwin the first three test matches he got what 14 wickets was it i think it was about 13 14 wickets um he obviously batted that innings in sydney i think it was probably his best away series of his career in terms of the way he was bowling and yeah 
one of the primary reasons of india winning this series um there is obviously this that i actually wanted to show and i should have shown earlier yeah this is the 233 innings that i was looking at and this did happen in 2003 2004 so yeah i was about 5 at the time close to 5 and uh, yeah this four of the larger was something that etched in my memory the thing that i was actually going to show you was the india squad for the first two test matches against england the first two test i think are in chennai and the next two are in ahmedabad where the third test match is i think the pink ball test so that's something that i'm looking forward to and it's in the new ahmedabad stadium so that's also going to be fun but the first two tests are in chennai so possibly a turner hopefully a turner to be fair um the squad is well this and what i would like to say is that rohit sharma is probably opening in my opinion mind agarwal has to open it's yeah i do understand the shubman gill mania that's going to start and you know the fact that everybody is going to call for gill to be starting well yeah there is time for that but i think mind agarwal was in just mental form and he still i mean he scored what he has an average of i think 60 or something in test matches so that's because of the start that he had in the last season in australia so i think agarwal and rohit sharma have to open kohli at sorry uh, pujara at 3 kohli at 4 rahane at 5 the question is what do you do with the rest of the team because for me there are three questions yeah actually few questions but then the first question is do you want to play a 7-4 or a 6-5 I was adamant that it should be a 6-5 before the start of the Australia series and to be fair I was proved right and they did actually after the mistake in the first test they started picking the 6-5 combination and it was very helpful in the case of injuries so that's not the reason I presented but then it was pretty useful and in India would you want to still go with the 6-5 combination I would say yes but the fifth bowler has to be somebody like a jadeja who is obviously not available so that's one question that you have to answer the second question that you have to answer is in india you have to go with two spinners the question that needs to be answered is do you need the third spinner another question that needs to be answered is riddhiman saha versus pant riddhiman saha is by far a much better keeper than pant especially in indian conditions in the turning track he is just a mental wicket keeper he is as close to dhoni as i have seen anybody be in terms of the turning track and so but then he doesn't offer all that much with the bat rishabh pant i don't know if his batting in india is that good he has played a couple of test matches i'm pretty sure but his batting isn't all that well great so what do you do in that position because i'm sure that people are suddenly now going to go you know what pant has to start i wonder if the indian selection team makes a different choice i'm pretty sure they won't but then yeah i'm i'm kind of torn in between these two because of well the qualities that they possess which is slightly different so now that 
that's another question that needs to be answered. The next question is obviously, as I said, we're going to have. I mean, if you're going to have your number six as your wicketkeeper, the number seven there are, I think, two to three options. There's obviously Hardik Pandya. I don't know what the fitness level of Hardik Pandya is. To be honest, if he is going to be a pure batsman, don't pick him. If he is going to give you ten overs every innings, and by the way, this team that I am talking about is not necessarily for the day-night test match because it has to have a slightly different team. I'm talking of the first two test matches because this squad is just for the first two test matches, and I sincerely believe that if Ishan Sharma is fully fit, then Ishan Sharma and Jasprit Bumrah have to be the only two fast bowlers in the side. Ashwin and Akshar Patel have to be the two spinners in the side. The question is, what about the fifth bowler? I am a huge advocate of five bowling options, and it's for me a toss-up between Washington Sundar and Hardik Pandya for the fifth uh, slot. Maybe a Shardul Thakur, but then I don't think the Chennai like surface is going to require the services of a third. Frontline fast bowler, even though he is a CSK man, right? So that's kind of the interesting part here. But I actually think that maybe a Washington Sundar would be a very good option in the Chennai track. And yeah, so my lineup would probably be this. But then here's the thing: India have traditionally, for the last at least in this decade, at least in their MS. We for a lot of time we played four bowlers, and that was just how we did. So that's why I think two spinning, two fast bowlers with a third spinning option is not that big of a deal. So I would rather pick that. But then if Pandya is going to give you overs, then and he's confident of doing that because I don't think he is. Because that's why I don't understand why he's in the test team because. In Australia, he—I mean, I know that he bowled a couple of overs here and there, but then he did not really want to, and his back wasn't something that allowed him to do that, and that was pretty much obvious, even by the fact that he never bowled in the IPL. So I don't know why he has been picked for the Test team. I just don't get it, to be fair. But I mean, if he has been picked as your batsman, then I do understand the logic. But then if he is going to be picked as a batsman, there is no place for him in the side. So. We might as well forget him. So that's why I think Pandya should not be picked because I don't think he's good enough to be bowling right now, especially with his fitness. And I mean, it's just not his fitness. It's more the fact that he will aggravate his uh, potentially injury scare sort of a back back issue. And I think he also has some high issue or something. No, not high issue. I think it's only the back issue. So and the way he lands while bowling, so that's why I don't think Pandya is, should be bowling, and that's why I think Pandya should not be picked. Um. So yeah. So now having looked at the lineup, right? So now we have Rohit Sharma, Mayank Agarwal, Pujara, Kohli, Rahane, Keeper, Washington Sundar, Akshar Patel, Ashwin, Ishan Sharma, Jasprit Bumrah. I think we should be picking Ridhiman Saha as the wicketkeeper. 
because he's the better wicket keeper because i don't want my wicket keeper to bat well i mean i do want my wicket keeper to bat well but given an option between better keeper or a better batsman i would pick a better keeper in this scenario i said better batsman for the australia series because that was what was required from my opinion and that's why i picked pant over saha before the start of the first test and i'm using the same logic but this time i think a different thing is required because it's going to be a spin track and that's why i think saha has to be picked the other question that could be asked is would you rather pick kuldeep yadav and ashwin as the two spinners and go for i don't know go for pandya bumra and ishan sharma by the way i'm saying ishan sharma here but he's not really fit i don't really mind picking mohammed sirar so that's not really uh, you know give me a choice between these two i'd obviously pick ishan sharma but then mohammed sirar is somebody i would really take and there's no issue for me there the same goes for shardul thakur but i'm pretty sure siraj would be ahead of the list or ahead in the list so yeah kuldeep yadav i don't know i mean i know why he is picked but i don't see a, a universe where kuldeep yadav by a place so yeah they may go for a mystery factor but i think it's just a waste of time i don't see kuldeep yadav as a good test match bowler or even a good bowler for that matter of fact i think he has a lot to improve and I am looking forward to seeing him though to be fair because he's a left arm leg spinner we don't have a lot of that in the world so yeah it will be fun to have him there but I don't think he is well he has to improve that's what I'm going to say um yeah I don't know I mean the leg bowlers and the standard bowlers there are a couple of interesting names there but that's not something that I'm focusing on uh Kale Rahul, I mean, I think there are better people in the lineup ahead of him. I think Pant is ahead of him. If Pant doesn't start, Pant is ahead of Kale Rahul. Um, so I don't, and I think given an option between Subman Gill and Kale Rahul, I would pick Subman Gill. So there is that. Um, so obviously, I have made some contentious decisions here by picking Subman Gill. Sorry, by picking Agarwal ahead of Gill, by picking Saha ahead of Pant, and by possibly picking three spinners and two fast bowlers. Not something that Virat Kohli does, to be fair. So yeah, um, yeah, that's all I think I wanted to show. Uh, and actually, that's all there is for this video. I have talked way too much than I had actually planned, way too long than I actually planned, to be honest. and yeah it's actually 43 minutes wow um yeah there is really nothing else to talk about and that's the but that's the sad part uh i mean i would actually get a few topics to talk about here and there uh i do not really want to talk about the tim pain saga um i mean he said things australians usually do say that stuff and if they're going to lose then that's obviously backfired on them in the past it never did but then in the recent past it has so maybe they should choose their words better but then that's really not something for me to say because that's how they play their game um 
um, yeah. Talking of Australia, to be honest, I wasn't blown away by Marnus Lagosian, and I say this considering the fact that he was probably the top scorer of the series. I mean, he scored a century here. He almost scored a century in the previous game, and he had useful contributions even in the second innings and here and there. The fact of the matter is that. the first two test matches probably had the more difficult batting tracks i mean the last two test matches were probably difficult for us because we were the fourth innings but as far as batting tracks go i think the last two test matches were the batting tracks and it was no surprise that manus labashin scored in those two test matches i was disappointed that he did not do well in the first two test matches i was surprised happily by the fact that steven smith up uh, was struggling in the first two test matches too so kudos to ashwin for that but that's not something that i expected uh, i think warner's injury was sort of a big blow for australia to be honest um even the warner that came back warner in the second innings probably slightly looked himself but the other three innings that he played he was like yeah fine whatever it could have been anybody else and he wouldn't have Maybe noticed, and Australia do have some issues in their team, and it's something that I, I mean, I never really spoke about before the series. But Matthew Wade and Travis Head, these two were the people who started, and I actually saw this team and I tried to remember whatever I could about the Australia side of two years ago. and usman khawaja shawn marsh i almost felt like i still trust those two more than i trust these two and i mean yeah the batting orders are obviously different but then there was something i don't know i've never really seen travis head do really well like score 500 runs in five test matches uh i can't recollect matthew wade doing that and that's probably one of the reasons um Yeah, so they obviously have an issue in the opening slot. I mean, Bill Pekovsky, he got injured and he came back. He got injured again. Uh, Marcus Harris was the guy who played all right last you know, two years before, but then this time around he was all right in the fourth test. But he has had some poor outings. Obviously, that's why he wasn't playing in the first two test matches. Um, so with Warner, they have an issue. Like I mean, when I say with Warner, I mean a partner to the Warner is an issue that they have. For some reason, I mean, I know the reason, but Aaron Finch isn't in the reckoning, and rightly so, to be honest. Uh, they have their three and four sorted, and I think their number five is an issue again. Maybe, I mean, there has to be a person in the run in their domestic cricket who could fill that number five slot. Maybe it is Cameron Green, and that would probably have Tim Payne bat at six, because he has to play. He may not be the right captain, but he has to play because I think I don't think there is anybody better wicketkeeper in their country, even though he has made mistakes this season or this series. So him at number six, number seven. I mean, yeah, then they have their Pat Cummins and all those people. So maybe they have to find a good player to bat at number six. 
I was actually surprised that they never went for the Moises Hendrickes sort of a player. I mean, Hendrickes was there in the squad, right? But he never featured. I thought that maybe they would feature him for Wade at some point of time in the series, but they never did do that. Oh, uh, so that was interesting. Talking of World Test Championship, I didn't really look at it. I don't really understand now. I understood the table much. much better before this percentage thing uh but right now i haven't really looked at how the numbers work so i can't really comment on it but i don't know that india had like a 3-2 thing three wins and two draws or four wins and one loss was something that they could afford to do before this test match so obviously we have won this so i think we have to beat england 2-0 out of four games or we have to beat them Yeah, we have to beat them like 2-0 or 3-1 or some shit like that. I'm not really sure. So, there is that. Um, so, yeah. Fun time ahead. Interesting time ahead. And I've already crossed the 49th minute mark. I cannot let it cross the 48th minute mark. So, yeah. Uh, that's all for this video slash podcast, guys. I'm pretty sure this is going to go into the podcast. So, probably at the same time as it goes on some video. probably tomorrow morning that is 20th of jan and yeah please do share the content please do leave your comments on the video/podcast because i would love to know your cricketing memories or any sort of baggage or whatever the feelings that you had from an indian perspective uh what are the feelings that you had after the win the moment that prashant pant scored those runs or anything like that So yeah, that would be fun to watch, see, listen. Yeah, that's all. Thank you so much. Bye.